1: Broadbent, joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We have a scrimmage from Saturday. We're going to wrap up with a scrimmage report. Uh, Rivals is dropping new football rankings tomorrow. Uh, We got some new offers in the basketball front. We previously mentioned Dylan Grant getting an offer, but go a little deeper on him. Rutgers getting an official visit from another top 10 player, this time the 2025 class we'll discuss, and then we'll give some updates on the Rutgers international trip. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about the scrimmage. Uh, what you're hearing, and uh, let's just talk about kind of because I know we have to be very limited about what we can say. So let's kind of like break down what Greg said afterwards, and we can see if that's kind of in line with what you've been seeing in practice and at scrimmage.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, go on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So just kind of high level stuff is 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 Greg's sentiments in that press conference basically what you've been seeing?
2: Yeah, a little bit. It's um, we can only say so much, so it's it's a little difficult. But um, he definitely didn't seem too happy in the press conference, um, and that's kind of what everyone's been saying. It's not just like I know everyone's saying on on the on the Discord, someone's calling us negative about football, and I am like, no, just being honest. Like I am sorry, I am not a homer like some of these other beat writers. Um, it's honest, like that's the honest truth right there. Um, but no, like even B- the Big Ten Network, who's literally paid to hype you guys up, <laughs> like. Mm -hmm. Couldn't even like say much like Jerry Denardo was a little iffy. Now, mind you, he also did an article later on with Fonseca and he talked a little bit more positively about Gavin Wimsett. Is there progress at the end of the day? Yes. The question is how much progress I don't think you're going to go from. (laughs) What was it last year? Four wins, five wins. I don't even remember Four wins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Please. Um, to all of a sudden eight wins like in the very next season. No, I don't think that's a question mark whatsoever. Um, I think it's definitely slowing progress, it, but it is definitely progress. Like Wimset, I, I don't know what, how much I can actually say. Wimset looks better than what he did last year. Put it like that. Um, I think that's kind of Captain Obvious here. But uh,
1: <laughs> Somebody in the Discord posted a, a, a video of uh, the clip from The Office where you know Pam's talking about how she's doubled her sales in the last mm-hmm. month. And it's like, yeah. where'd you go from? From one to two? She's like, no, from two to four. And that's kind of like how I see the progress right now. It's like, he has made progress, but is it so little progress that it like is kind of negligent? Or not negligent, uh just kind of not a huge... It's not noticeable or, you know, because you could obviously see progress in your game, but that doesn't still mean you're ready. Do you think Gavin is going to be a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten quarterback this year, if you had to guess, if you had to put money on it right now?
2: No. Not in the slightest, but you guys are all gonna judge me for that, and that it is what it is at this point. I'm just I'm telling you how I feel. Um, I don't think he's a middle of attack middle of the pack, middle of the pack Big Ten quarterback. Jeez, that is a mouthful. Um, <laughs> no, but there's also a lot of good quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Like I think Kyle yeah. McCord's a stud. I think, and I mean, it obviously helps when you have offensive line of Ohio State and you have Marvin Harrison, who you can kind of just here you go, have fun. Like I can put it anywhere within like five feet of that guy, and he's gonna catch it. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Rutgers has a totally new wide receiver quarter, too. Um, you lost your top three receivers, top four receivers. Um, yeah. Yep. Like, Shameen Jones is gone. Sean Ryan's gone. Aaron Krukshank's gone. Two of those guys were in the NFL, are still in the NFL, technically. Um, actually, I think Krukshank got waived the other day, but that's besides the point. Um, and, and you're not, like, going from <laughs> from those guys to, like, anyone significant. Yes, Jaquay Jackson's, like was ranked really high. By some services out of the portal, did he have a bunch of offers? Yes. Do I think he's a good player? Yes, but I still think he needs to work on some things as well. The jump from D two to the Big Ten is still a very, very big jump. Mind you, we saw J D. Dorenzo make that make a s- similar jump. Do we call Sacred Heart D two kind of? No. That's FCS, I mean, Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's definitely not as big of a jump, but um, it's this is different. Like this is gonna be tough for Jacquei Jackson to make that jump and make that leap. On top of that, um, the other receivers, you haven't seen Brantley who came in. He came in, coming in off a broken foot. Mm -hmm. Um, Sean Bauman. He's also coming
1: in from a lower level, FCS Western Illinois.
2: Yeah. Um, Sean Bauman, who put up uh, 350, 360 yards last year for Maine. Mm -hmm. Good, Good player, but I think he also missed a couple games last year to injury, if I recall.
1: Yeah, I think he only played eight games. Uh, and he had 350 yards and like five mm-hmm. touchdowns or something like that.
2: My my thing is, is when you make leaps like that from like lower level conferences, you probably cut that percentage of order numbers by like 40, 50%, to be honest. So like Jaquay yeah. Jackson had 1100 yards. I don't see him getting 1000 yards this season. Yeah. I'd, I'd be shocked. Like, um, So we cut that in half. Maybe you get 400 out of them or 500 out of them. But that, that, that's a big jump. It is a big jump, man. And yeah. I, I do like the coaching staff. I think they definitely know what they're doing. And there are a lot of veterans out there. Um, Dave Brock seems like a genius, in my opinion. Um, and in terms of recruiting, too, they're playing up the whole Julio Jones thing, like, with every single kid, which is fine. That's great. These yep. kids know who Julio is. That's that's phenomenal. Um, and if
1: Calvin Ridley has the season that wow, a lot of beat writers are talking about this year, that's another yeah. you know thing he can recruit on because it's it's quick to forget, like, these kids are like 16, so like a guy mm-hmm. who retired like two years ago even, they're like, oh yeah, yeah I remember him, it's like that was two years ago, <laughs> but you know two years ago when you're 16 and 14 versus, you know in your 30s, mm-hmm. it's way different, totally different.
2: Yeah, but anyway back to the scrimmage a little bit, you saw I think they posted one one clip, which was the Al Shadi Salam touchdown, which we've, we've seen him do this before, like he's mm-hmm. posted highlights of Shadi Salam quite and then we don't ever see him during regular season, so yeah, I don't, I, uh, I wouldn't read too much into the clips and all that stuff. Um, I think it was Evan Simon that handed it off, and we all know Evan Simon's QB two, so that's, I mean, if you just look at the thing, I'm pretty sure you can do the math. That's probably the number two offense out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some interesting battles along the trenches still. Um, I, I think there's honestly, uh, I can't give too many, too much info. Very similar to the depth chart we've posted um, back in spring. But I do think there's only probably two, maybe three solidified starters as of the moment. I think two others are still battling it out. And I just, again, do the math. If, if you're following the team at all in the slightest, you, you know who those guys are. Um, defense is fucking phenomenal. Like, I can't yeah. stop raving about them. They're going to be so good. I'm just so concerned that they're going to be on the field again for 75% of the time. Um, if you can keep them off the field, I can see this defense not giving up many points at all, especially the middle of the pack to lower level Big 10 programs. Um that D line is just insane. There's so many combinations of guys you could throw out there. You could throw uh you could throw Toure out there with with Lewis and Fletcher and um Wesley Bailey in, as like a third down like pass rush lineup and just mix and match them between the middle and the put Aaron Lewis on the middle if you really want to. He's he's getting that big. Um yeah. There's so many combinations you can go with. And then defensive tackle too. Like Isaiah Iten came in and he's battling out with Mayan Ahana too and Troy Rainey's making some noise and uh Keontae Hamilton. Like the D the defense is phenomenal. I, I can't rave about them enough. Um, it's gonna come down to that secondary unit and if they can if they can cover. Um, when you put guys on the island, let's, let's see what happens. That's when it's kind of a wake up call. Uh, we saw Max Melton have some struggles last year when he was put on the island. And if he can bounce back, I think there's no question in my mind he could be a day-two draft pick. Uh, safety concerns me a little bit. I do like Flip Dixon, and we'll have an article with him really soon. Um, but he's kind of like a weird safety. He's not a traditional safety. He's more of like the Izian-type safety where he's like almost a linebacker. He's pushing closer to, that, uh, to the line of scrimmage. Um, Shaquan Loyal looks pretty good. Um, Igmanosin looks pretty good. Um, it's just it's going to come down to those guys. It's going to come down to that secondary because I trust that defensive line of my life. Um, the linebacker corps a lot better and healthy for a change, so that definitely helps. Um, Two Ray's getting some run back there too. He's going back and forth, which we've already mentioned before. And uh, I, I like this defense. It's just a matter of keeping him off the field. <laughs> so I'll wait and see if that can happen or not.
1: Yeah, no. All, you, all of what you said is fair. You kind of covered a lot there. I, I do want to take it back a little bit to the offense, um, starting with Gavin Wimsett. Gavin Wimsett, we've talked about him a lot. He's a 44% career completion percentage guy. <clears throat> he wasn't ready the last two years, and he was thrust into action. Dude is still 19 years old. He doesn't turn 20 until September. Yeah. We are one of the only programs in the Big Ten that consistently plays quarterbacks and players in general before they're ready. Like it's a long standing tradition between, you know, Gavin Wimsat, Art Sidkowski, Tom Savage played probably before he was ready, Mm -hmm. Mike Teal played before he was ready. This is just a thing Greg does. With the advent of the transfer portal, I do think that moving forward, if Gavin doesn't succeed, and we all want him to succeed, nobody wants to see the guy fail. Everybody likes Gavin. He's got mm-hmm. tremendous physical potential. He's got a great arm. He's got great mobility. He's got the size you want. But if he doesn't put it together, I think we do have to kind of change how we construct the quarterback room. We need veteran guys leading the room. Let those young guys develop. You honestly shouldn't, unless he's like a you know a Quinn Ewers type, you shouldn't be playing these guys at the power five level until they're in their redshirt sophomore season. Like these guys need seasoning. They need to understand the offense. Like Gavin's, you know, being thrust into a new offense now. He should be a redshirt he is a redshirt freshman, but he should only be in his second year and he's in his third. Um, but if you look around the Big Ten, take a guess at how many quarterbacks in the Big Ten out of 14 teams are projected to start. A transfer quarterback this year.
2: That's what I was just doing over here. So I know I now I know. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's definitely it's eight, correct?
1: It's eight out of the fourteen teams. So that goes along the trends. Uh, I believe that in the power 5, 62 percent of the projected starting quarterbacks this year are transfers. That's just the way it is, guys. Rutgers didn't show any any interest in transfer portal quarterbacks this offseason. And if Gavin fails, that's not on Gavin, that's on the coaching staff because they did not assess the position room properly. And so I just want to put it out there. Nobody's rooting for Gavin to fail. And if he does fail, it's not, a, it's not his fault. He wasn't ready. He's 19 years old and he's in his second season starting at the power five level. He, he would have started most of last year had he not gotten hurt, but I just want to put that out there first and foremost.
2: Yeah. Um, Secondly. Yeah. No, gone.
1: We've had like a lot of shuffling on the offensive line. And that concerns me. Like last year you had Holland Pierce on the right side of tackle you had Curtis Dunlap on the right side at right guard. Obviously, Ireland Brown was the center. We lost Schiafani, and we lost... Uh, no,
2: Schiafani's Ch- still there.
1: Oh, Not, not Schiafani. We lost Dorenzo, and we lost mm-hmm. the right tackle. Who was the left tackle from last year? Willie Tyler. Willie Tyler, that's right. He transferred
2: out. So Go. Now
1: we're shifting those guys from the right side to the left side, and we're, you got two position battles at the other two offensive line spots. It sounds like mm-hmm. Pierce, Dunlap. And Ireland Brown are pretty locked in from left to right. And then you have Osamoa and you have Shawnee battling it out for right guard. And you got Kamar Missouri and you got Tyler Needham battling it out at right tackle. Offensive line wise, how do you feel about the offensive line as a whole? Do you think it'll be better or worse than last year based on everything you've seen so far?
2: I mean, you lost two starters, and you didn't really replace them. Again, this is kind of on the portal type thing. Like, I thought you were crazy for not at least getting a guard. I didn't even think Dunlap was that good this last year. Nope. I thought he struggled. Um, there were times where he was literally doing 180s on the field. Yeah. <laughs> that yep. is the worst possible thing for alignment. Um <laughs> I don't think Dunlap's ever going to live up to his potential. And I, you can blame the injury if you want. And that, that might be the factor. Um, because, I mean, in the Kelly's injury for someone that's 350, 360, um, he might be 340 now listed. Um, it, it's not good. It's never going to be good for someone. And it, you're probably never going to recover from something like that. Um, which it, it is what it is. But anyway, he, um, I, I just don't see this line being better than last year. Like, I love Holland Pierce. I think he's a stud. They move him over to left tackle. Big adjustment because now you're going from their second best uh, edge guy to probably their first best edge guy for the most part. Um, then you're putting Dunlap next to him because I think it's just comfortability, uh, and they just know the they know the calls, they know the play calls, they know the schemes, and they've played next to each other for over a year now. So it's like, all right, now we we'll move him over, so it makes sense to put him next to him. Massive left side of the line. That's that's just blocking purposes alone. If even if you can't block, you should have enough weight and body in between people to just at least bump them off a little bit. Um center, I like Iron Brown. I think that yeah, was actually one of the better um it's actually one of the better moves for Shiano of all time. Uh yeah. Because he came in as a over. came
1: out as an interior defensive lineman from BC yeah. too and he got shifted to, to offensive mm-hmm. line.
2: Yeah, we, we see Shiano do it quite a bit, whether it be in the trenches or even uh defensive back wide receiver. But this is this yeah. is probably one of the better moves I think he's ever made all time. Um, because Iron Brown is is a solid solidified starter, in my opinion, at center. I think he's he's very good. Um, it's that right side, and I I personally not a huge fan of Tefani. I think he's a great kid. I think he's a solid, okay player, maybe. Um, and then there's Asamoa who actually ended up taking snaps at right guard or left guard last year. Right guard, well, one of the guard spots. Yeah, last he year, played. He
1: played a few games. I don't think he I played. Think he, did, I think he preserved his red shirt, right?
2: Uh, I don't play. know, because didn't he start towards the end of the season, if I recall?
1: He did, but I don't know if he played in more than four games. I'm going to check right now his activity I mean, report that's, from that's, last year.
2: That's definitely huge if you can get that away. But, uh,
1: okay, he started three the last three games at left guard. Uh yeah, it doesn't which, say how many games he played, but I'll check that. Gotcha. We, while we're but talking.
2: Yeah, so he gets starting reps last year. Now all of a sudden he's like, battling it out. Um, it's between those two, but neither of them really have Big Ten size, in my opinion. Like you preach this whole thing about how you want to rebuild the offensive line room, you want it to look like a Big Ten room, and it it, it kind of does a little bit with some of the freshmen. Like Dominic Rivera walks in and he's like six eight. I'm like, holy shit. Where did that okay, come So he from?
1: did preserve his red shirt. He okay. only played in three games and he started all three of those games.
2: Yeah. Well, mind you, he also came in projected as the next center, which. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> which was fine because I think he, him and Zelenskis were battling it out. And then I Brown moves over and I'm like, oh shit, this kid's pretty good there. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just don't think him or Shefani, Asamoah or Shafani are, are guards at this level. I think uh, Asamoah should probably play center. And I think that's, there's a good chance he does next year when Brown's gone. Um, whatever, regardless. And then right tackle, right? Tackle still doesn't have an answer. And I was told post spring ball, they were going to go in the portal and get a tackle did they didn't get a tackle. <laughs> like I know it costs a lot. NIL is mm. a pain in the ass. Um it's it's not fun, especially when all, like average G five linemen are getting like six hundred K. Like yeah. but you have to you have to kind of funnel some kind of money towards a tackle, right? At least you'd hope. And, and yeah. Instead you have Tyler Needham in Missouri battling it out And Missouri and also a, a converted defensive lineman. Um Tyler Needham is what he is. I just if you're any type of defense, I'm scheming against that right side of the line every day of the week, and I don't think that's a secret because the left side has what fifty, forty something games total combined so yeah. just, as in uh, starts. The right side does not have any starts, <laughs> and it's like, well, Tefani did start a couple games last year, but um, I'm yeah, I think it's obvious, and without an offensive line that's when the whole thing falls apart because if you can't protect, then Gavin can't get time to throw. If Gavin can't get time to throw, you can't get the ball, the receiver, yada, 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 and et cetera. So I just think um, the season's going to be interesting to say the least. And that's where it's up to Kirk Scirocca to earn his paycheck and earn that 1. 1.5, 1. 1.4 or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, yeah.
1: 1.4. You previously mentioned an all-time great pull in Ireland Brown. I think another all-time great pull is Holland Pierce because – He was not any. He wasn't even on like the planet of coming into to Rutgers ready to play. I mean, he came in at what 450 pounds, somewhere around there. So he lost in one year. He lost over 100 pounds, totally reshaped his body. He walked on. He was from. I think he went to Trenton Central, Mm -hmm. right? I think did he spend a year at prep, or he spent a year
2: to Fork Union Military Academy? Yeah. So So he spent
1: he spent a year at prep. Whoever found that kid and you know saw what they saw, it's not easy to see what a player can be when he's 450 pounds and he's 6'8. Mm-hmm. Like you can see the size, but like it's really tough to envision an impact player when they're that big and when they're that young. Mm-hmm. And credit to the staff. They've totally transformed. and credit to Holland Pierce too, because you gotta be driven as yeah. hell to to transform your body like that. So I think that's gonna be One of his biggest success stories, too, for Shiano is transforming Mm -hmm. him into a legitimate Big Ten tackle.
2: Yeah, Um, one of the better ones, too. Yeah.
1: Another thing that Shiano mentioned in his presser was that the pass catchers dropped a lot of really easy passes. And he seemed pretty just kind of deflated talking about the pass catchers. And I know they brought in a lot of – they lost a lot of guys from last year. They brought in a lot of transfers. Would you say Mm -hmm. that his summary that they've been inconsistent with their hands has been a problem all camp?
2: He said it press conference day one. Yep. (laughs) He said it press conference week three. (laughs) I think the consensus would be yes. (laughs) It's it's something that's an issue. Um, Then that's literally your job as a receiver is to catch the ball. Uh, Mind you, I know you have to run routes. You have to be smart about it and you have to get open. You have to break off the, uh, the defenders, but yeah, I, the wide receivers need to do better. There's no question about it. I think Dave Brock, like I said before, is a great coach, phenomenal coach. Does he yell a lot? Yes. But that's, that's old school football coaches. Yeah. Um, yeah. concerned for his health, health a little bit because he, <laughs> he yells a lot. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think he's re- he's a really smart coach. I think it was it's it's tough because like these these are transfers too, and they're in their final year. Like at this point, yeah. you should know how to catch. <laughs> it's different when you get like an incoming freshman, and it's like all right, you're catching it like with your body, like here, use your hands a little more, use this, use that. Yep. For a senior or a fifth year guy, it's like all right, I don't know what to fucking tell you. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, that's that's a habit that you should have broken a long time ago, and if you can't break yeah. it at this point, I don't think anybody can.
2: Yeah, no. so I mean, I, I do think the wide receiver core is going to be interesting, and that's it's playing a big factor too. That's there's so many question marks about this offense, and that's why everything's concerning about about this the team because I hate to say offense wins games in twenty twenty three. Yeah, there's no such thing as defense wins games anymore. Like maybe if you're Iowa and you're and you're playing Rutgers and it's fourteen thirteen or whatever it was <laughs> seventeen fourteen, um, but for the most part, offense wins games. People want to see big. Big productions. It's not even who can hold the other team anymore; it's who can outscore the other team, and that's yep. like every sport too. That's just like basketballs now. That kind of going oh. that way. Um, and mind you, like it works for and You can't, dude, You can't distract me with the dog when I am in the middle of talk. Sorry. I got a whole thing, the whole spiel going no, I'm just sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Uh, see, now I lost my train of thought. I am done
1: talking about Belichick. <laughs> talking about offense.
2: Yeah, it's just uh. It's just an offensive game nowadays you have to you have to change it and I just don't know if that's gonna be the this is gonna be the year for Rutgers. I think it's gonna be an interesting one. I think four and a half over unders interesting. I think this game one's gonna tell us a lot about this team um because not yes. only are you <laughs> fighting you just one of your winnable games first off like right off the bat. You're also going against a team that has some weird tor- turmoil going on. So, oh, yeah. Either they rally behind it and they're, they're going to get a bowl game, or they don't. And they're one of the worst teams in the country again. So, we'll see. Yeah.
1: No, they have, have Northwestern has an us against the world mentality. Mm-hmm. They've got Pat Fitzgerald's old number on their, their, their oh, shirts God. that are in training camp. This is a team that you cannot underestimate. It doesn't matter that they're going through some stuff internally. It doesn't matter they don't mm-hmm. have, you know, they have an interim coach. They didn't really lose anybody. The only three guys they lost were freshmen. This yeah. team's coming back intact. So it's crazy. This it's is so still a Big Ten opponent. This is still a team that shocked Nebraska last year, opening day. I think Nebraska mm-hmm. was a double digit favorite when they were playing in Dublin. That was, you know, the beginning of the end for Scott Frost there. I it, it the so much of the season does hinge on this game because say Rutgers does you know lose opening day your road to a bowl becomes very 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 difficult and you you hope that that doesn't deflate the team but that can happen like so many teams yeah. so many projected to be good teams have opening day losses and it derails their entire season like look how many of those mm-hmm. you know opening weekend games, you know, whether it be the when they play those big openers in, like in Atlanta, I think it's like the Peach Bowl opening weekend or whatever they call it, where both teams come in ranked top 10 and the team that loses ends up, you know, going 7-5 and in a year. It happens all yeah. the time. So even the best teams can get derailed by early season struggles. So it's so, 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 so important to win opening day against Northwestern. Um, so we've talked about the offense. Let's talk about the defense. You've said it looks phenomenal. Do you think the defense overall is looking better than last year or or a little bit like about the same, a little bit worse? Where are you at with how the defense looks?
2: Definitely better. Definitely Um, better. Yeah. I think the defensive line is going to be phenomenal. I know Shiano said it last year. He said it again. We're like 10 deep. His quote was, we are 10 deep at defensive line. And that's, that's a full blown fact. Yeah. Now, now you're returning your top pass rusher from 2020 and 2021 and, Mohamed Toure. And it's like, all right, well, that is how, so easy to, to to
1: overlook as, as a fan when a guy's not around for a year. And from yeah. what we've heard, he's fully healthy. Getting him back is huge.
2: Yeah. It's, it's huge to get him back. And I know he's listed linebacker. He's going to rotate everywhere. Yep. Um, we asked him the other day, like, where are you playing? He's like, I'm a defensive player. And then it's like, all right, okay. <laughs> You're the Johnny Langan of defense. We get it. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, he's going to rotate around a lot. Um, there's going to be so many. This pass rush is just going to be insane, in my opinion. Uh, Wesley yeah. Bailey was ripped. Uh, he added a lot of muscle. Uh, Aaron Lewis is already was already a freak. He just needed to get turn those quarterback hurries into actual sacks, which I think yep. he will do this year. Um, interior, a little bit of a concern for me. Um, now, mind you, you're replacing Majay, and that's fine. Uh weird weird story about him real quick before I forget. He apparently got invited to Seattle Seahawks camp and didn't show up. So <laughs> Really? Our rookie mini camp and just didn't show up. I don't know where he's at now, but that was a uh, interesting. Not a good look. Yeah, no. Definitely not a good look for the making your making the NFL. So I don't see that one <laughs> happening. Um but whatever. Uh you also you got Keontae, Keontae Hamilton who's finally focused fo- solely on football now that helps. He's up to 295. I don't oh, think wow. he's going to be the stud everyone thought he was going to be, but I think he's a solid defensive tackle. Um, Troy Rainey, I like a lot. I think he's, um, he's someone that we really haven't talked about in a year or so. He's played some snaps. He's rotated between O-line and D-line um, over the past or first two years. Um, now he's a full-time defensive tackle, and I, I think he's really coming into his own. Uh, Isaiah Aiton's massive. I still think he needs some time to figure some things out. Um, I know everyone wants to rave about him and look at his picture and like, oh my god, this guy's ripped at three ten, three twenty, whatever the hell he is. Um, but I still think there's there's still some development that needs to be done there. Uh Mayan Honatu is is your guy. He's he's the leader probably of that defensive tackle room if I had to guess. Um they're all there's really good size. It's a big ten defensive line. That's great. Big ten linebacker mm-hmm. core, because you return your top two linebackers in Dion and uh um, both definitely got a little bit better, a little bit bigger. Um, I think Dion's a little faster too, which which is really good for a linebacker, especially when you're only running with two of them out there for the most part. Um, on top of that, you also bring back Moses Walker, who's I think a solidified 2D player. He's you know stud. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. I'm so eager to see him. I know it sounds weird to say this, but like since they already brought their starters back, I'm so eager to see him as a starter next year. I think 2024, mm. this defense could take another leap. Um, they're just they're not restocking; they're just reloading. Like it's or what's the, what's not rebuilding; they're reloading. Um, cornerback returned just about everybody. You lost um, not Trey Avery. Who am I thinking? Christian Braswell. Who shout out to him? Looks pretty good the other day in uh, preseason for a pick that got called back, but it was a pick, so I don't really know. Someone said it got called back, but it didn't get called back, so whatever. Nice pick for him. Uh, with the Jaguars, uh, but you returned everyone else for the most part, and you had Eric Rogers, and you had a Flip Dixon back there in the secondary too. I, I think this is going to be a really good team. Now you're missing oh, Isian, yeah. who's uh, apparently a starter now for the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's wild. Uh, yeah,
1: if, if you guys haven't been following what's going on in, in Bucks camp, Bucks aren't going to be a very good team this year. But oh, yeah. Christian Isian is projected, and this is from Todd Bowles, head coach. He said that he's the front runner to start at nickelback for them this year. Huge, Which is- undrafted free agent you go to Rutgers, and this is a psa to all defensive back recruits out there if you want to make the nfl there is no better coach in college football to prepare you for that than greg Schiano. yeah every single I- one of his defensive backs that graduates gets into a camp gets a shot and this how many times has is- a ruckers guy been drafted either late or undrafted and he ends up making you know staying in the league three, four, five, six years. It happens all the time. And then you have the top guys obviously you spent, you know, ten plus years in the league in Logan Ryan, the McCourty brothers, like they're well documented.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Even
1: a guy like uh Daron Harmon's still in the N And he graduated what, twenty thirteen?
2: Yeah. He, so. he's in there, Logan Ryan. They're they're free agents, mind you, but um Yeah, Avery Young who got cut pretty quickly mm-hmm. by the forty nine just got re signed immediately by the Bucks. So Mind you, uh, Todd Bowles, uh, obviously a nice little connection there because his son plays for Rutgers. Yep. Um, so they definitely are, are pretty close uh, between Shiano and him. Um, and just Trey, Trey Avery looked great last year, and he yeah. was undrafted. Christian Braswell's basically doing what Trey Avery did last year and killing it preseason. Like, it, is, it is kind of insane how much they produce defensive backs in such a quiet level because no one really talks about it. Like Yeah, the McCrory yeah. Twins everyone talked about. But other than that, like there's just a long list. Like it's kind of insane. Um but yeah, no, I think that this defensive back unit, and then honestly, they're probably gonna add another defensive back to the NFL soon in um in Max Mountain. So
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, yep. it's definitely um this defense, the dark side, as they call it, is uh <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. I just don't know if it's enough to to legitimately win them games because like I said before, it's offense wins games and it's uh It's going to be interesting to see how much they're on the field this season.
1: Definitely. Um, Man, it's, it's tough because I do feel so good about the defense, but I'm so concerned about the offense right now that you you just got to hope they, they're not going to last. They have more depth on defense than they did last year, which should help with what Joe Herring Simeon called like the, the evaporation late season that they had in terms of injuries and, you know, every, they're on the field for, 35, 40 minutes a game every every game, so you can't really sustain that over the course of a season. So uh, it makes yeah. sense that they waned. Um, but more to come. Uh, we'll have more from practice and from the next scrimmage, which is this Saturday yeah. as we go um, on.
2: Yeah, practice Thursday, scrimmage Saturday. I'm trying to remember. Yep. Jeez. Uh,
1: let's pivot to basketball, though. Uh, so obviously, we talked about this last week, but Rutgers offered a new 2024 uh, player last week, and Dylan Grant from Michigan. Yeah. Have you heard anything else regarding him? Uh, Because it sounds like we also are getting a, a high-profile visit from one of his AU teammates, which we'll kind of pivot into after this.
2: Yes, yeah, so no, I haven't really heard anything, but it's it's kind of weird because they're not in the country, so it's hard to really hear anything. Yeah. Um, yep. They're not really focused on recruiting whatsoever. They're focused on... They're not even focused... I shouldn't say they're not focused, but they're not really focused on the games either that they're playing um which they have two more coming up against portugal this week in portugal this week i should say um but no it's 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 relatively quiet he is a really good player actually i kind of like him i think he's an interesting fit uh he's definitely not four star he's he's a legitimate three star he's nothing crazy um but he's he's pretty explosive um pretty solid on defense can kind of guard multiple positions as that six seven 200 pound wing type um Compared to Bryce Dorch, this kid's more of a three, I would say, and Bryce Dorch is more of a four at the next level. Um but he, he's just freaky athletic. Uh he's he's really good. He plays above the rim, similar style to Ace Bailey type. So they wouldn't be on the court probably at the same time. Although Ace could kind of play multiple positions as well, so maybe they could be at the court. Um quick player, transition drunk drunk transition dunker. <laughs> Jesus. Um, there's a thrill thrill factor. We we wrote everything about it. Uh, Zach kind of covered his entire offensive portfolio in our article yesterday. Um, so shout out to him. But he he seems like just a really good player and uh, such another another solid piece because you you can't just build for this 2024 roster and Pykeles kind of building for the future as well with uh with potentially guys like Dylan Grant, like Bryce George, Lathan Somerville, who aren't one and done types, but potentially two, three, four and done types. So. Um, yeah, I think this would be a good player. I just think uh, it's going to be relatively quiet until they get back, and then when they get back, we might hear some news about a certain Dylan. And then when maybe a little bit later, they might have some news about another Dylan. <laughs> so, yeah. So,
1: yeah. Speaking of uh, the first Dylan you're talking about, Dylan Harper, uh, we we talked about the uh, the eight or the Under Armour Elite 24 game that he was participating in this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately they experienced a lot of weather problems there. So they played it outdoors yep. in Atlanta in the middle of the summer, which if you've ever been down Genius. there, it rains a lot down there in the summer. It rains a lot down there, period. But uh so they experienced pretty heavy rainfall, so they had to cover the court and then they you know took the tarp off, they delayed it over an hour, they dried the court off, but kids were slipping left and right, and so what they ended up doing was they called the game uh, I think with four minutes left in the first half. So Dylan it really impressed me uh, with some of, you know, he didn't, he played probably like eight minutes. Um, you know, he was very decisive with uh, his drives and, you know, he, he was, he has a really high basketball IQ. You could tell that he's been playing with his older brother and his older brother's friends for a while, because when you're undersized, not that he is undersized, but when you are younger, you kind of have to be smarter than the bigger guys. And so he always made the right pass. He, you know, He took shots when he had them wide open. Like He had a really nice turnaround uh, fadeaway from the top of the key uh, at the beginning of the game. Ace, I thought, looked good, too. Uh, He started the game off. He had the first points of the game. He had a uh, put-back dunk. Then he had the first two rebounds of the game. Then he had uh, an assist early on in the game. You could just tell. He he does whatever he wants on the court, Ace Bailey. Um, So I thought they looked good there. we all, we, we're still waiting. They haven't announced... There's no no information out there about when he's potentially deciding, but it's we from everything we've heard, it's going to be soon. Uh, so that's the Dylan Harper update for the pod, unless you had anything else.
2: Uh, yes, they will also be playing together this weekend right. at yep. uh, Rucker Park at a <laughs> Slam something... Jam New York... City. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's a Slam magazine. Yeah, Slam, uh,
1: slam Hoops is having a... An event they do it every year, I think, where they have a mm-hmm. bunch of the top high school players in the country play at Rucker Park. Um, unsure of the time, but that will be this Saturday, the 19th. So, if you're you know, don't have anything to do and you just want to hang out at Rucker Park until that game happens, I know there will be uh, some people there planning to be there potentially. Uh, Ruckers fans, so show out sure. if you're free this weekend. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to get a media credential, but they don't answer their emails, so I don't really, really know what to do there. I know um several actually Ruckers beat writers, and by several I mean me and Fonz, um <laughs> have been trying to get credentialed, but this place is just like the worst run media credential thing ever. Like they don't even tell you what time it starts.
1: Yeah, that's online. A
2: like it's it is rough. it's uh they need to do some work there. Um but yeah. So we'll see uh see how that goes on Saturday. That'd be kinda cool to announce at Rucker.
1: That would be. Be the, the king of New York for the day.
2: Um, or the next year.
1: Or the next year. That's true. I, I imagine we're probably going to have an MSG game in 24-25 uh, with the, the roster it's looking like we're going to have.
2: But. I'd be shocked if like UCLA didn't want to play there or someone else. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Um, let's talk about another five-star that we teased. Uh, Rutgers, we had previously talked about being in with it for Trey McKinney who is a Class of 2025 player. Rivals currently has him ranked number 10 overall. He's a member of the Family AAU program, which, if that sounds familiar, is the program that Marlon Williamson, the new assistant coach for the basketball team, used to run for several years. I think he ran it for almost a decade. So he's very, very close to that. Uh, The people who run that program, the players in that program. Dre McKinney's going to take a visit to Rutgers, I believe, in October, if I remember correctly. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, October 13th, October
1: yes. 13th. So he's locked in an official visit. He's also got official visits locked in for Ole Miss, Missouri and Georgetown. Um, mm-hmm. seems like a pretty weird group of schools for a top 10 kid no, no true blue bloods in that list. Uh, what Does do you, it Does it uh <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's something in common. Those schools have, but, uh, and it starts with a, an, an S with this line going through the middle of it. Um, But what are you hearing on Trey McKinney? Do you think Rutgers has a good chance here?
2: Uh, I do, actually. Um, I know Coach Smoke has been pushing very hard. I know he obviously got his first commit the other day in Jeremiah Williams. By the other day, I mean, what, two weeks ago at this point? Yep. Um, So he has one under his belt, but he has so many ties to that Detroit, Michigan area that he's uh he's pushing for these guys now mind you he's he's very close with some of the big names over in detroit in the family program because he's near the program all the time he used to run it he was president of youth operations slash head coach too um so he was one of the higher ups within that program so he's seen some of these kids grow up um and get it to the next level and now he's never had that chance to i mean obviously at pittsburgh he he didn't uh did have that chance to kind of recruit some of the major recruits but now he's back at the high major level, so he's kind of getting that chance again to try to recruit some of those Detroit guys to to Rutgers. And the nice thing with Rutgers is that you play Michigan and Michigan State every year, so you do have connections to the state. Um, so now I do, from what I've told, they do have a legitimate shot. Um, he is coming to campus on the 13th, the weekend of the 13th. I forget what game is that weekend. It's one of the games. Um, I don't know if it's actually announced technically yet. October 13th, October No, October wasn't. No, I'm sorry. October 13th is before the season. Jeez, I'm, I'm yeah. lost right now. Yep. Um, but he's going to come check out campus. Uh, I know he wants to make a decision this fall, I was told. So that's huge for Rutgers' chances. Uh, I think if I looked at it right... Um, i got to reread the text. So that's and everything. homecoming this his,
1: weekend in terms of football. That's what it is. So that's, football. That's, that's, that's Michigan State. We're playing at noon for homecoming.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, he still has one other visit, which is... Well, he's going to do Mississippi on the 30th of September. He's going to Missouri to sixth. Then he's going to Rutgers the next weekend. Then Georgetown's all the way in December. I was told he wants to make a decision this fall. So hmm. to, to math, I don't think December is really fall. Is it technically? Maybe? Uh, kind of? The early maybe. part
1: is if you're talking celestially, yes, but yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: So we'll we'll see what happens there. But I, I think Rutgers has a legitimate shot here. Um. Smoke is pushing as hard as he can for to land a Michigan kid, whether it be Dylan Grant first, whether it be Trey McKinney. Um, but I do think this this connection in that family AAU program, he's going to land one eventually, and it it could be could be McKinney to start. Um, this is a this is definitely going to be one to watch.
1: Yeah, super exciting, and you know we were hoping that 2024 wouldn't be an anomaly, um, and we've been telling you guys the guys that they're targeting in 25 we we went through the whole list remember it was like five mm-hmm. star five star five star high four star high four star like everybody that they seemingly had offered so far was in the top 75 in the class of 2025 so mm-hmm. they are aiming high with their targets and they should because this staff is showing the ability to reel those kids in and why why change the formula it's on an upward trajectory keep that thing going up
2: I don't know when this happened, but this is for regards to 2024, but I'm gonna share my screen real quick. Go. Okay. When did Dylan Grant go to campus?
1: Uh, interesting. I don't
2: two days know. ago, but I mean, if you go through the photos, there's obviously no pictures of, I'm going to, I don't know if anyone's reported that yet. We might've just reported it now. Um, yeah. So apparently Dylan Grant was on campus recently. <laughs>
1: So he picked up an offer on August 9th, uh, which obviously was, oh, that, what, last week?
2: Yeah, but they were gone by then. Unless he, no, yeah, they left that day, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they, they left, I believe, on the 8th.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Is anyone sitting back at home? Is, is uh, with, I with can't Rutgers? imagine
1: they want to have kids visit with none of the staff
2: being there. Man, that's, that's definitely, unless he visited the day before they left. I don't I don't know. I'm looking now trying to see uh, the pictures and see if uh, the whole staff is there or not. I know Brandon Knight, TJ, and Marlon are obviously there. Um That's that's definitely an interesting one. I don't I don't really know. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do some digging there before I can uh report anything more. Because that would be irresponsible of me to report anything else. That would be. Um that was bad. I shouldn't have done that.
1: <laughs> uh people who uh, get it get it um we covered a lot here is there anything that we missed on or anything else you wanted to talk about before we head out
2: um no we talked about i said the izian thing i wanted to bring that up i thought that was very important um football season's around the corner um ooh. i talked to a guy that runs the ruckers club of new york city we're, we're working on some collabs and some some stuff going on so uh if you guys are in the New York City area, definitely recommend checking out, I believe it's at Stout, where they're going to have watch parties every single Saturday, whether it be home game or away game, um, mostly for away games, obviously. But uh working on um, potentially doing something with a watch party in New Brunswick, too, which... Okay. Stay tuned. Interesting. Uh, uh, Got to switch it up a little bit, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Uh, okay guys Uh, I know Sunday also is the fan day is that the correct name of it
2: yeah it's fan appreciation day it's not a practice before everyone gets hyped you don't get to watch practice you get to go hang out with the football team and tailgate before the women's soccer game
1: okay so opening day for women's soccer is the Sunday Uh, we previously said that they played BYU in a scrimmage I believe um, I don't know who won that game. It's it's kinda of weird that um, they would get them to come this far just for a scrimmage.
2: Yeah, Mormons will do whatever they want. Yeah. Uh that's, I, that's I mean, a hell of a drive. Oh not drive, but flight just for a scrimmage. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: yep. That's um, crazy. maybe they were already out on the east coast and they wanted to make you know make the trip worth it.
2: Maybe they're looking into uh Maybe they were at the future Big Twelve opponent, UConn. Maybe. I mean, oh, well,
1: out. who knows if that's actually going to happen
2: anymore? But no, I was just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I actually don't see anything about them at all. Do they post a score anywhere? Um, Am I like... crazy? Like I, I'm looking everywhere. I'm on their on their page. Oh, free ice cream at their home opener though to, to Thursday. Hear me out. That's kind of worth it. Yeah, they, they never posted the final score.
0: Hmm.
2: On a Twitter, no, nothing. I can't find it. All right, whatever. Um, I'm gonna, We'll assume they won, I guess. But yeah, uh, home opener Thursday, I believe it is. So there's Holy cross. And then, uh, Sunday, who I forget who they're playing Sunday, playing Hofstra on Sunday, Hofstra on Sunday. Okay. So yeah, big, uh, big season opener coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. And, um, football is right around the corner. We're, we're two weeks away, three weeks away. It's, uh, it's coming fast. The scrimmage Saturday, that's going to be their final scrimmage before the season. Um, Uh, then another week of practice and then another week of practice, but then that week is game week and we get Shiano on uh, a presser on Monday probably. And then, uh, we'll have Shiano on Saturday and that's, that's pretty much it. This is, this is it. We're, we're entrenched. This is football season. Um, get, get those over under bets in uh, on over under win totals. Um, if you're not in the state of New Jersey, you, you can bet on Rutgers. If you are in the state of New Jersey, take the drive to Staten Island or like Pennsylvania real quick. Like, and, uh, that's, yeah, that's it. That's all I got.
1: All right, guys. Well, thanks once again for listening and to everyone who's rated and reviewed us, you're the best. You are, uh, yeah, you are definitely, uh, the better fans than the ones who have not rated or reviewed us, but there's still a chance for you guys who haven't to join the other group. Uh, if you haven't already, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. It really helps the show grow. And mm-hmm. I feel like this season is going to be the biggest we've ever done. I don't think that's really saying much. It's the third season we'll be doing the podcast. But uh yeah, now I'm really excited yeah. for football, really excited for basketball, really excited for sports to be coming back. But yeah. for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Nerdport Podcast. It's
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the Chime Checking account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out of network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.